Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Okay, good. Sort of. It's not quite working. We had, um, uh, we had uh, the projector and everything, it's all going well. Projector's good. The kit that came with it was broke, so we sent it back because it had nothing inside. Imagine opening a box with nothing inside. That's effectively what happened uh, to a, a several thousand pound bit of a kit that we bought this last week. <laughs> um, it'll work out in the end. Um, still need a bit more cash for all of that, by the way, for those of you who keep saying, oh, I'm going to do something about that and haven't yet done it. It'd be great to, uh, to, to finish that off and, and get that all done. Okay, last week, uh, big theme, invited. You are invited. And we talked last week about how there's this amazing invitation that deals with our own nemesis of being alienated. We find ourselves on the outside and we hate not being invited. We hate not being um, included. And uh, the whole journey right up to the birth of Jesus is about God saying, I'm going to make a way to deal with that sense of alienation. And not just does alienation need to give way to acceptance, but more incredibly than that, not only are we accepted, but that we're also so adopted into God's family. That incredible verse that when the time had fully come, God sent his son that we might receive adoption to uh, sonship. And I hope that this Christmas we can live in the joy of being invited, the wonder of being uh, adopted, the assurance of being in God's family and the fabulousness. Is that a word? the fabulousness of being chosen. And all of that was last week, and you can get that on the podcast at all the various places where you pick up the podcast, website, church suite, iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else. If last week we had the title, We Are Invited, this week is the theme, We Are or You Are the Hosts. We are not just those who've been invited, we are also those who are called to be hosts. Let me frame this a little. Christmas is God coming into the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on, he was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life is the light of all mankind. Verse 9 of John chapter 1, you don't need to turn to it, but it's there on the screen. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus, the true light. Jesus, the real deal. Jesus, the true way to live, the the right path to follow, the the one to follow. In In a way, this is a precursor in the introduction of what Jesus would later say about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, I am the way to live, the, the model to follow, the standard to be measured by, the goal to achieve, the target to hit. It's Jesus. Jesus is our way to live. 
Agreed? And so we, we, we will sing and worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you. Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. Because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. He sets the truth and the life. But he also establishes the way. In other words, or at least in part, his, his life is a model for us to follow, to emulate. And have you ever wondered what the very first thing, the very first recorded act of Jesus in the Scriptures? You see, as soon as he is born, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields. There's it, hardly a moment to breathe. And so Jesus, so Mary gave birth to a son and they named him Jesus and there were shepherds living out in the fields. Because the very first thing that Jesus was to do on earth was to become the host. He was the host. The angels had left them, gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. He'd sent an invitation by the angels and he was already hosting a party when he was barely a few moments old. I guess we shouldn't be surprised because all the way through the Bible there is this incredible theme of inclusion, of inclusivity, of welcoming the people who were on the outside. Uh, The Leviticus Code, the Exodus uh, ancient uh, treaties were all about how you think about those beyond yourself. And that gets crystallized here in this stable when God comes to it. The very first thing he does is to become a host for those on the outside. Hospitality is the way God is. And the New Testament gives us a very clear imperative, doesn't it? Practice hospitality. An imperative, a command, something you you should do. No ifs, buts. This is the way of life for people who belong to Jesus because it expresses who he is, what his heart is like, what he is about. Practice hospitality. And the word practice is interesting, isn't it? It means when you start off, you won't do it very well, but if you practice it, you will get better at it. Practice hospitality. Hospitality is something for all of us to learn as part of our journey of discipleship. Hospitality is something for all of us to learn as part of our journey of discipleship. Simon Harris, 9th of December, or is it the 8th? Not sure. As followers of Jesus, we are hosts with a stable. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Hospitality is not about the quality of our homes, the skill of our cooking, the beauty of our decor. It's not about whether the house is tidy and the clutter all cleared away. We are called to be hosts even if all we have is a stable. And if you know anyone with a stable, buy them a door for Christmas. Hospitality is a way of life, an attitude of the heart, not a standard for us to uphold. If you think that you will have the neighbours round, once you've tidied up your house, had the front room done and laid the new carpet, I promise you, you won't. 
If you don't let your neighbours, friends or anybody else come into your home when the carpet is worn and dirty, you will not want them in when it's new, I promise you. You won't. It's not about that. Anyone who spends a little bit of time improving their home becomes a bit more protective of it. You with me? So in a sense, it's easier to be hospitable if all you've got is a stable. Maybe that's similar to the rich man trying to get through the eye of a needle. Interesting, isn't it? But we think, I cannot be hospitable because I haven't got whatever that might be. There are some beautiful um, videos that have gone around social media. I've no idea whether they're current now, but um, of, of people offering things to people. And the most generous expressions of love and hospitality were amongst homeless people on the streets who were willing to share their pizza. Or a homeless person shuffling along to offer a little bit of concrete in the shelter of a doorway. That's hospitality. Jesus in a stable says, come on in, you're welcome. The stable reminds us that there's nothing pretentious about true hospitality. Nothing showy-offy about it at all. We're called to practice hospitality, not dinner parties, and that's liberating. It's liberating because we can all do it, because we've all got our equivalent of a stable, haven't we? (laughs) Yeah, some of you have. You can sniff it from here. It's liberating that you can offer hospitality with a stable and it's not about dinner parties because when people come to true hospitality, they actually enjoy it. No one feels valued when someone is putting on a show, do you? No one feels accepted when someone is trying to show off. No one's been blessed when someone goes home feeling that they could not have done or they cannot match up. So Jesus, who has palaces and cathedrals and temples and kingdoms, pops up in a stable and invites people in. What strikes you most about that? We are hosts with just a stable. In fact... We are hosts even without a stable. For most of his life, Jesus didn't even have a stable. It says he had nowhere to lay his head. We are hosts with just ourselves. This is another great quote from Simon Harris on the 9th, or is it the 8th? I need to find out now. It's the 8th today. Racing ahead. Can't wait. Another Simon Harris quote. Jesus didn't even have a stable, but he made room for people. Now that's good preaching right there, isn't it? Don't you think? Humor me. Come on. It's going to be a long morning. You're saying it's already a long morning. What you want about it? It's going to be a long morning. He lived an invitational life, an hospitable life, primarily by doing two things. He saw people and he asks questions of people. Hospitality is a way of life because you see people and you ask questions of people. When you are at the checkout 
and you can't cope with all those ones you have to do it yourself because it's paying the same price and you still have to scan your own goods so they're going to do it for you because at least you're paying for that service. What do you see? Do you see a checkout person who's there to serve you or do you see someone created in the image of God with joys and fears, anxieties, hopes, dreams, disappointments, hurts, wounds? What do you see? Hospitality is seeing and inviting with the questions that you ask. Kerry's brilliant at this. Makes shopping a long ordeal. But there is no greater moment, greater expression than God with us when you offer a bridge to someone and they begin to walk across it towards you. We were in uh, a shop uh, a, a little while ago and uh, uh, Kerry got into conversation with one of the salespeople there who started to share about her new life and a new wedding and her plans and her plans for her kids, a whole new season opening up. And, uh, uh, and Kerry, just in the way that she does, gave her the grace and the dignity and, uh, and showed interest and asked questions. She saw her. And then a few weeks later, we were in that same shop and her whole life had been turned upside down and all the future that she'd hoped for was taken away. But Kerry saw and and that conversation continued. There's nothing more gospel than God with us in those moments of hospitality that have got nothing to do with food or homes. You with me? It's a way of life. Zacchaeus up a tree. Jesus offers hospitality. I know they ended up at Zacchaeus' house. But Jesus saw and asked questions. The woman at the well, Jesus saw and asked questions. We are the hosts outside our circle. You see, Jesus didn't have a stable, but he made room for people. And he lived this intentionally led lifestyle. But more than that, let me just get the right slide. Here we go. But more than that, He showed in that very first act in the stable that the invitation, the hospitality, the hosting that reflects the kingdom of God is one where the people who are not like you get invited. The people who are outside of your circle. Now, Eastern astrologers were outside the circle of poor Judaistic Jews. Religiously unclean shepherds were outside the circle of Joseph, a righteous man. You with me? The invitation included everybody. The the wealthy, the rich, full of status, foreigners, wise men. The poor, the uneducated, the religiously unclean, the ethnically despised, the shepherds, all invited in. Who would you invite that is socially, culturally, economically, religiously or ethnically outside of your circle? How will you reflect, how will you uh, stretch your hospitality muscle through these next weeks by extending an invitation to somebody who is outside the circle? Who would dare pray this prayer? Father, who should I be invitational with this Christmas that I would easily overlook because they are not in my circle? Who comes to mind if you're brave enough to pray that prayer?
We are hosts outside our circle, but we're also hosts outside our plans. I love what happens to the wise men. They take almost two years to turn up. So we have this idea that shepherds come in the morning and the wise men come just after lunch and it's all done and dusted and Mary and Joseph can get back to normal. That's how we'd like it to be, wouldn't we? But the, 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 the wise men take, take at least two years maybe to turn up. That's why Herod asks for all babies up to two years to be killed because that's the time frame of when the star appeared, when they started the journey and so on. So imagine living for two years knowing that any day without announcement the queen's going to turn up at your house. How stressful would that be? So they're living with this state of open invitation. We like our invitations to others to be very clearly framed, don't we? I'm inviting you to come at this time. Don't come early. Why do people come early sometimes? If you come early, even two minutes early, we're not ready. Don't come. If it says seven o'clock, don't come at five to seven. We'll have no clothes on. We'll be running around the house. We'll be hoovering up. We're not ready because it said seven o'clock on the invitation. That was a bit touching something raw inside, wasn't it? <laughs> Slightly overdid that. So there's a time. And, and, and sometimes, so we put a time on the invitation. Sometimes we even put a time limit on the invitation. We want them to know that this is the time they have to go home. Listen, people. If someone starts putting the milk bottles out, the party's over. If someone goes, gosh, is that the time? The party's over. If you all wake up at 7am the next morning, friends, the party's over. So we manage it. This is the time you can come. This is what you need to wear. This is what you need to bring. And we're so magnanimous. No presents, please. Oh, I hope they do. No presents. Just just your company. Yeah, right. (laughs) So So we have all these kind of frames of reference. What does it mean to be open? Openly inviting. I'm not suggesting that we don't have boundaries, but we're hardly in danger of that generally, most of the time. How hospitable are you? You'll probably say very. And then you say, well, are people free to pop in? You would say, I suspect, like I would, yes, of course people are free to pop in. When was the last time someone popped in unannounced? And when people do ring your doorbell unannounced, is the first thing that comes out of their mouth an apology for disturbing you? Here, I've got this for you, and I'm so sorry I made you get up from EastEnders and walk to the front door and take it off me. What does it say about the culture that we are truly creating around our lives? When was the last time you sent out an invitation? And what would it mean for you to be a host to someone this Christmas? So the incarnational Jesus, the Father sent him to earth. And I read this actually from Revelation. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and then with me. Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you so much for being that 
invitational God who, despite sometimes having nothing, sometimes having a stable, has been so overwhelmingly generous with us. And I bless you, Lord, for the practicality of the things that uh, Simon has encouraged us with this morning. And we pray that we'll be clothed with the same spirit of Jesus. That uh, overwhelmingly generous spirit that you that that uh, that motivated every aspect of your life. Help us, Lord, to find practical expression for that. Doing this. Amen.